This is the Hollywood Raw Podcast, hosted by entertainment veteran Dax Holt and street journalist Adam Glynn. Welcome to the Hollywood Raw Podcast, Raw Rundown, where we give you the top 10 stories of the week. Uh, we are the Hollywood Raw Podcast, the Taliban's most hated entertainment news podcast <laughs> out there. Um, that's right. The Taliban hates us, but you like us, so we are fine with that. You hear that laugh. He's back, my friend Dax Holt. How are you, sir? I'm good. You were so ridiculous. <laughs> Where do you come up with this shit? I don't know, dude. It's uh, whatever. Just it's so random. You uh, thank you for coming back. By the way, you go on vacation. Who are you now, right now, dude? I, you, you take I, a lot I, of vacation. That's you're it, coming, it, it, a lot it of... wasn't even a vacation. It was I flew halfway around the world to go to a wedding. I was in Germany for like four days. I literally landed. Helped them set up for the wedding, went to the wedding, helped them take down the wedding, got on a plane and came all the way back. So like it was a lot of work, but I drank a lot over there. Those Germans know how to drink, dude. <laughs> Do you, I'm assuming it's beer. Oh, it's everything. I oh, had. Okay. Oh, yeah. I had all kinds of they have this. Have you ever heard of an Alsta? That's it's really popular in Hamburg and it's basically beer with Sprite. Beer with Sprite. I have not. And how is it? It's actually really good. It's almost like refreshing. I know it sounds really strange, but if anyone else to try it, it's a big, big deal over there. But yeah, you have like your glass of beer and then you pour in, let's say one third of it is Sprite. And it's like, it's got the bubbly, but it's got a little bit of sweet. I don't know. It's really refreshing. And um, I've had it a couple times over there. It's great though. I don't know. Just random, How? random fun Germany stuff. How is the beer overall there? Because they do have Oktoberfest, which is, you know, I'd say the staple is beer. But is mm-hmm. the beer usually really good? Yeah, beer's good. But I'm telling you, I had more like just regular liquor over there. Uh, they're big into gin in Hamburg. So I had lots of like gin and tonics. Um, they had Moscow mules were a big thing at the wedding. Um, a lot of like champagne, random, random stuff. But all in all, the, the wedding was beautiful. Um, had a really good time. Uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. How is the food? Great. Oh, they had I had like the wedding after the, the ceremony. They brought out like a basket of pretzels. And by the way, this was in like the most German looking area ever. <laughs> it was like a, a park, but then there was a barn with like a thatched roof. And I and then they bought out the pretzels. I was like, this is the most German shit I have ever done in my life. This is awesome. That's funny. <laughs> How long is that flight for you? Uh from from uh it was like I think total to travel time was like 16 hours. And so that included, you know, like stopping down. I had to fly into Frankfurt and then change planes in an hour, get back on another plane. So yeah, I think it was like 16 total hours to get there. Wow. And I I do not sleep. I what you know, flying in steerage, and you can't lean back, you can't go to the side. Sucked. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough thing to do. I'm like, I, I want to be rich and fly in first class. When do I get to have that? God damn it! I want to. I, I want to be able to lay down. And the thing is, whenever you get on a plane, they like make you walk through and like look at all the people that are already in first class and their yeah. big cushy chairs, and they like they judge you, and they're like, oh, look at that poor person going to the back of the plane like a peasant, and that's me, and I'm the peasant. God damn it! You know what's so funny? If I was a celebrity, yeah. and because of that situation, when you kind of walk on the plane, if you're in, if you're in the back of the plane, I would make sure I, I, I get on the plane last. I wouldn't want to be on the plane first. Like first class, I don't know why they want to be on the plane first. They have enough room for overcarriage. They're going to have plenty of space. Wait to the end 
to you have mm-hmm. to get on the plane. It's, there should be no rush to get on a plane. Yeah, because then everyone's going to stare at you. Because trust me, when I get on the plane and I'm in walking through the first class, I am eyeing up everyone. I'm like, oh, yeah. What, what are you doing? And then, you know what looking really makes watches. me watches? Yeah, looking at watches, looking at their cell phones, looking at their clothes. But then what makes me really sad is when I walk through and there's like a person who has like a family of seven and they're all their kids are sitting in first class. I'm like, what? Like your kids are six years old and they're flying better than I am. And I am in my 40s. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I travel decently often. You know, I would say, uh, you know, more during the winter, I travel a lot, not during mm-hmm. the summer. During the summer, I like to stay here uh, and because the weather's great. But during the winter, I kind of go away and try to get to warm weather spots, but also work for work reasons. I'm traveling. As much as I travel and I'm pretty, I stay with the same airlines united. I still haven't changed my boarding group number. I'm still always group four. I haven't moved up in the group number. <laughs> That's the part that I'm most ashamed about. Like I'm not even at three yet. Like, oh no, on. I was I was five. I was full five. I, I was like, crazy. oh, hopefully I get a spot to put my bags up. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And I didn't always- sleep a wink, dude. Like not even, like on the way out. You know, you fly through the night, so you're supposed to sleep. I can't. I can't sleep sitting up and. And oh, in the the grace, the flight attendant was super nice to me. And she was like, I had a, a bag for my suit. So I there was nowhere to hang it. And yeah, she was actually very kind. And she was like, here, do you want to move back to rows? Because there's no one sitting in these full rows. So I was like, fuck, yes. Like I get a whole row to myself to oh, fly awesome. international. So I get my stuff down there. I sit down in 10 minutes in the flight before I could even like before the fast and seatbelt sign even came off. Some lady jumped up and grabbed the other side. <gasps> and so I didn't get to lay down and sleep. And oh. I mean, you still had one extra seat next to you, though, right? Yeah. But what, what are you going to do with that? Like, I tried to lay down, but like it gives you like that extra beat. It gives you a little bit extra room. Yeah, but my I like I tried to lay down, but then my like my legs fell asleep because they yeah. were like dangling off the side. I was just like. Uh, I'm I'm someone who needs to be comfortable laying flat in a bed, and that's all I wanted for 15 hours. I should have just put my feet up on the lady and been like, you know, this is my row, right? <laughs> yeah, just commandeer well, it, you know. <laughs> no, I get it. All right, let's get to the well. Actually, before we get to the top 10 stories of the week, we read a review. If you give us a review, if you go on your Apple phone, for example, you go to the podcast app, you put in Hollywood Raw, you go all the way to the bottom. There, you could give us five stars and say a few kind words. If you say a few kind words and give us five stars, we'll actually give you a good shout-out on the air. Dex, do you have a review ready for us? Of course I got a review. All right, this one comes from Mama Two Boys. Five stars, great podcast. Now, this is how you do Hollywood entertainment podcasts. Love the chemistry between you two. I have recommended this podcast to everyone I know. Keep up the amazing work. Forever listener. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell yeah, Mama Two Boys. Thank you very much. Keep the reviews coming in. Actually, I had a crazy week last week while you're away. I will tell you more about it because it's going to be a I have, I have some just interesting stories from the past week, which I will share on this podcast. Uh, but Dax's Germany story takes place. He's the only Jew that goes back to Germany. I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's, <laughs> you're such an idiot. I know. Um, By the way, I loved when um, – what was the Black Eyed Peas song? Uh, what is it? Uh, I got a feeling. I got a feeling. When uh, when it came on, it was like, La- Mazel Tov, La Hide. <laughs> Everyone shouts it out. I was like, that's right, guys. That's right. It's, it's kind of funny that they added that to the song. They're in the studio, the Black Eyed Peas. Will I Am's like, what do I say? Mazel Tov. 
Yeah, that's a good one. Let's throw that in the song. <laughs> By the way, did you see uh, Post Malone did um, Tiny Little Desk? They do these little concerts, like acoustic sort of oh, concerts. Like NPR a, or whatever. NPR. It yeah. was great. So much fun. Post Malone rules. He's great. He's great. He's, just, He's literally his tour and his album. Like he is everywhere. I was driving through the streets and like his face is all through Germany. Like they are pushing really? hard on this album. Yeah. That says a lot. That's really interesting. All right. Let's get to the raw rundown. Top 10 stories of the week, starting with number 10. All right. Number 10, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis score a massive win. Well, I guess not a massive win, but it is a bit of a win uh, against that former nanny who claimed she was subjected to all night teary chats, gotcha questions and group therapy sessions with a couple before being wrongfully terminated. So basically what happens is, uh, you know, there's been this lawsuit against them. And on Wednesday, um, the guy who is representing the plaintiff, that nanny, Erica Gerano, I think is how you say her name, uh, said that the judge has ruled for the case to be moved to arbitration. So um, they're not happy with that. Uh, I guess the attorney, her attorney said, we don't agree with this decision, but it is what it is. And now we'll litigate in arbitration and the case goes on. This does not terminate the lawsuit. It merely changes the venue. And so, you know, obviously them getting this out of court is a huge deal because then it doesn't make it public anymore. Um, so if you go to arbitration and now you're talking behind closed doors, you now don't have the media prying in as much. They can settle it. They can kind of move on and uh, just get rid of this lady out of their life is basically kind of how I take it. Um, yeah. And so uh, one of the reps for Wild and Sudeikis provided a statement to Daily Mail, which declared the lawsuit has been fully dismissed. Both Olivia and Jason are hopeful they can finally close the chapter after what has not only been a selfish grab for financial gain, but a shameless exploitation of their trust and played out in the media. So this comes up about six months after the legal documents were filed by that uh, former nanny. So uh, it's interesting, uh, you know, one is saying arbitration, the other is saying it's all done. So I, I don't I, I wish I knew more about the law to fully, fully, fully understand. But um, it seems like this is case closed for them at this point. Like you just said, they wanted to do as much as possible to settle out of court. I think the nanny's team was trying to handle it in court because then they could use the media to their advantage mm-hmm. and kind of keep that dirty laundry out there. I mean, it's just crazy how much money that Jason and Olivia have and how much money like it costs them to just something like this that could be so big or so stupid. Uh, you're like, you're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars that these people have had to put out in lawyers, I'm sure, to get this nanny to shut up. Yeah, it's you know sca- Isn't it scary? Yeah. It's like how someone scary. could just exploit your relationship and the stuff like at the end of the day, think how many couples go through drama behind closed doors, but they're not famous. So it, it doesn't matter. It goes away. And yeah, they, they didn't their relationship didn't work out. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that it gets plastered on every media outlet. And these people, unfortunately, because they're famous, it gets made into a big story. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's. Uh... I, I, it's funny because the nanny story came out kind of around when they got divorced. And this divorce was really, really ugly. Um, we This divorce, these two, this is actually probably this whole case is the thing that bonded them. They're like, listen, yeah. let's come together and just get this thing out 100%. of the media. Um, Wouldn't that be hilarious if it brought them back together? 
Oh my God. That would be like, so amazing. What bonded us was our hatred for the nanny. And we remembered we loved each other at one point. Um, but it's true that it actually forced them to have to work together. Not, I mean, they obviously have the a child together. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it did force them to work together for a common goal of getting this lady to shut up. We would still, I'd love to know how, which we will never know, but how they really feel each, about each other. Now, We'll, we'll never know because they're, we have to assume they're pretty good people. And for the, they do have children. So I don't think their children, they want their children to know how they feel about each other. But this was a nasty divorce. And like we said in old episodes, when Olivia got served papers in front of uh, an audience, it was like at a Comic Con, it was a panel type thing. Jason tried to say that he didn't know, but we are all suspecting that he knew. I think you'd have to imagine well, you I know think- when they're. Te- I think there was some dirty tactics at the beginning for sure. Yeah. Um, but I think, and, and remember we were questioning and maybe it was just me, maybe I'm throwing you under the bus too, but I think, um, I think at the beginning I was also questioning whether or not this nanny was in on one of the tactics. Like I thought, Oh, right. we we did think about that. A good question. Like, Oh, how does this lady come out and speak? And she's not getting sued and all this kind of stuff. And she's airing the dirty laundry and really making, I want to say it was making Olivia look really bad. So I was like, oh, Jason's definitely like in on this. But after everything was revealed, I'm like, oh, yeah, she definitely was gone. She she went rogue. She didn't have anything to do with them because this got too nasty. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to number nine. Number nine. All you people coming to L.A. to go to uh, Pump will be very excited to know that it will now be reopened. So, you know, they had to close Pump because there were some landlord issues that they were going through. Basically, the landlord had doubled the rent for the space. And so Lisa was like, I I can't have this this restaurant here. It's getting too expensive. Yes, we love it. It's a great location. It's super famous. But at the end of the day, we can't afford rent anymore. So we have to close the doors. Well, they have now found a spot. It's going to be next to Tom Tom, which is her other restaurant with the two Toms. And um, it's going to be reopening. I guess they have like a garden section. uh, And so it'll be taking over the garden section. So it'll be a nice little combination of you can go to Tom Tom and either eat at pump or dine at the bar at Tom Tom and um, and they're kind of mushing them all together, which I think is actually smart Great move, smart business move. You want it to be all together. You don't want people to travel. The people that are going to pump and the people that are going, there are Vanderpump fans, they're Bravo fans, which is a big community, especially in Hollywood. And when you come to LA, you know, when tourists go to LA, I have to assume they want to be part of the, they want to see the entertainment world. And now they don't have to go too far to see both places I wonder how much she's saving in rent, but it's a great move for Lisa. And it's a great, uh, great move for Tom Tom. Now I know Ariana's starting her sandwich shop. I don't know geographically how far away her sandwich shop is from pump. Um, but I've been seeing videos that they're all getting into food. Like rest, the restaurant business is not an easy business and it turns over a lot. It's hard to make like big profits. I mean, obviously these ones are different because they're, highlighted on a television show so people will go just to see celebs or to see a part of something that they see on tv but restaurants like suck man i'm surprised all these people want to get into food yeah it's i have to imagine guys like tom i really hope that tom and tom are really going to try to bring their bar to the finish line like they're going to carry this place they're going to be there daily now i did see videos on tiktok that the cast has been filming lately at the bar and restaurants mm-hmm. and they've been raising money for 
um, what's going on in Hawaii. The crazy part is the demand. They've been promoting it. There's been like a three-hour wait for people to just go into the bar and get a seat at the bar and hang out for a little bit. But I have to give credit to the Vanderpump people. The cast has been going outside, taking photos with people, like engaging with the people outside. So they're really kind of giving people an experience that, you know, A, keeps the name positive because obviously there's a lot of people trying to get into a small space. But I think there's still an allure. Did you ever go to Pump when it was open? Did you ever eat at Pump? Yeah, Lisa invited me once. How was the food? it, it was good. Food was good. Um, and she came over, sat and chatted with us for a little bit, picked up our meal, the whole thing. It was That's great. Cool. She was dope. Ken was there. Um, yeah, no, it, it was good. I mean, is it a nice, it would you, is it a nice restaurant? Would you go there if it wasn't Lisa Vanderpump? And I know you have a relationship with her, but let's be honest. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it was fun to go just because <laughs> it was like, a place to go. I I, yeah. I I don't remember it like the food being memorable out of this world or something that I'm going, oh, I need to get back to have those curly fries. Like it wasn't like that, you know? Yeah. I just remember enjoying the evening and I think it was mostly because Lisa made it fun. Like her sure. coming over to the table and sitting and having a drink and picking up around for us and then buying dinner like that part made it cool and memorable in my opinion. Yeah, I guess that's part of the allure and smarter Lisa's uh as a business person, if you either have she's there one night, Ken's one there, or someone from the cast goes around to everyone's table, takes a quick photo with them, gives people a good experience. I have, you know, because there's so many good restaurants in LA and that area where it was, there's just so many good places to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the parking situation, I'm sure it was valet at Pump, but there's just so many good places to go. I don't know if Pump would be my first choice, but. It sounds like Lisa, when you go there, make sure you have a good experience by giving you that little bit, 30 seconds. Yeah, and and honestly, like comping a meal goes a long way for people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially us poor people. <laughs> dude, I, I, at this point, I'm working for a meatball parm sandwich, dude. All right. <laughs> Someone says, hey, I'll pay you in a in a turkey sandwich. I'm there. It's so like, sad what I do. <laughs> Are Dax, you going to comp my water? I'm in. Dax, I'm the only person when I get like to go to these cool events, I am like, over the food counter, just like stuffing my face. <laughs> like that's what I do at these events. Like I don't even dress up. I'm just like, guys, I'm just so thankful for to be here to have warm food. And uh, <laughs> I'm like, so does anyone have a to-go bag? Can I just uh, pack a lunch for tomorrow? It's so sad. Like if I went to Michael Rubin's party that was um, catered by Nobu and Lucali, I would just been eating my. F- I would, but I would have been food drunk. I would never been. I would not want to have one sip of alcohol. Like I could have a beer any day. I can't have this uh, crazy sort of uh, dumpling that I've never. I don't know. That's what I'd be going crazy for. All right, number eight. Uh, number eight. Todd and Julie Chrisley's kids are returning to TV amid their parents being uh, in prison and doing their prison sentences. So. Uh, <laughs> I was never a Chrissy Knows Best fan. I didn't watch the show, so I I can't say if this is like exciting or people are going to want to tune in to see Chase and Savannah and Grayson and their granddaughter, Chloe, and fake Chrissy, the mom, uh, doing uh, another unscripted documentary or docu-series. And so they released a press release on Monday, I think it was, to Variety and Deadline saying, hey, Scout Productions is is going to be getting back on board and filming these this family and all the things that they're going through as the, the two parents are behind bars. And 
I don't know if that's interesting. Like, will people want to watch that? Or is the caveat, we'll film you guys as long as you get us access into prison to film with your parents as part of this or your parents call and it's like, you've got a, you know, a collect call from the prison Do you want, and they have to air all that. I don't know what it is. Would you watch? Is this something you find interesting? I would. I don't see. I watched a little bit in the beginning of the, you know, the Todd Crisley stuff because I was interested in him. But then they did so many episodes, it became background noise, and then it became annoying background noise. So I just wasn't a fan of the show. If you're a producer, if you work in TV, the one thing you have with this show is probably a little bit of um, built-in audience because there's some mm-hmm. people out there that w- did like the show. I thought the backbone of the show was Todd Crisley, who won't be there. But to have access to Todd and what's going on in his situation, I think it's worthwhile to do one season at least to see if it works. Yeah, because I do think getting him on the phone and hearing his voice and the kids being like, Dad, how's prison? How's the food? Are people being nice to you? Did you get any tattoos? You have a, you know, a teardrop tattooed on your face now. Like, I think people would find that interesting. But what do you fill the rest of the hour with? Yeah, well, the those little sound bites, maybe every episode of Todd and see how he's doing are going to make news. They're going to mm-hmm. make press. Every news outlet's going to pick it up. Todd Crisley talks on the show about this, which creates buzz, which that buzz would create sponsors so it can make money for the show. Um, mm-hmm. So it's weird. TV's like in this weird thing where the shows don't necessarily have to make money. Yet again, brands want to be involved and if someone wants to sponsor the show. Like for example, the late night TV shows, they don't really get as big audience anymore and it's probably not worthwhile for the sponsors, but to be connected to somehow to a show that's going to make a little bit of news. It's just, it's weird. I think Mark, I don't know. I think marketing is a little bit backwards right now where people chase brands and franchises and stuff that's going to make news, but doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily move the needle. So I don't know. I'm not going to watch it. Someone else will, but we'll probably do a story. Oh yeah. We'll report on it. <laughs> yeah. Talking the news. And it makes news. We'll report on it, but yeah, I'm not going to watch just... a 22 minute episode of it. Yeah, I just don't see myself being interested in what the kids have to do. Number seven. Number seven, Selena Gomez and friends. How do you say her name? Francia? Uh, Francia. 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 Francia Racia. I don't know how the fuck Francia to say her Racia. name. Yeah. This is the chick that um, they were like best friends. They They went on a friend date night in Los Angeles, and it's making all this news because obviously Selena and Francia... <laughs> <laughs> uh, they they had a big falling out after Selena talked publicly about how Taylor Swift was her only friend in uh, the Hollywood game. And and Princey was like, what the hell? I'm on How I Met Your Your Father. How did my name not get brought up? I was the one who gave you a fucking kidney here. And uh, so they had this big falling out. Everyone's talked about, you know, they were best friends and then they they didn't talk. And now it seems like they have remended their friendship. They've posted on social media and then they went out in matching leopard print high heels and and, you know, had a good night. And so this has now become a big story. And I kind of don't know why. Yeah. Um, Do you think it was just because after she gave her her kidney and basically saved her life for them to have a falling out? That's really what was interesting. Like, oh, shit, the person saved you and now you're not friends with them. I think so. I think that anything Selena Gomez was kind of crazy. The, it, the whole story to me, honestly, 
Dax, is pretty wild because Francia gave Selena her kidney. She has two of them. She gave her one of them because Selena was of an issue. And they are the best of friends. And then all of a sudden, Selena somehow, what we thought, kind of shut Francia out of her life. Francia does the set-up paparazzi shots talking about her relationship with Selena. Then all of a sudden, Selena goes on social media, talks about how you'll always be my best friend. And then finally, what happened this past week, to show off their relationship and their friendship, they go to the Italian restaurant Giorgio, Giorgio Baldi in Los Angeles, which is a celebrity hotspot. There's paparazzi out there every night, and they're seen going out, leaving the restaurant together. So it's so, in my opinion, calculated by Selena, mm-hmm. but it's good press for Francia, and it's just we're the we're getting we're getting played, guys. But it's you know it's a business, it's show business. It's just crazy. Of all the restaurants to go to. To show off their oh, yeah, friendship like, and relationship back, we're going to go to Giorgio Baldi in Los Angeles where there's going to be tons of paparazzi just, on the outside. I have a hard time caring. I'm like, cool, they're friends. All right, good story. Moving on. You know, like, yeah. I, I don't, I, I just, I don't feel very invested in this, unfortunately. Yeah, it's, I, I, I don't know. I do and I don't. It's just, it's more funny to me than anything because how stupid we all look. It's just, and how corny <laughs> Selena is, really. Like, I don't want to say she's corny. She's not corny, but, but like, just, like literally, we're doing the game. We're, we're talking about two friends going to dinner. Like, what? Like, this is one of the top stories of the week. Two friends going to dinner. Okay, cool. I don't know. That's why I just it, it sounds so funny to me when you really break it down. Going to dinner to show off the relationship is back to where it was at a celebrity hotspot. To me, that's the story. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. totally calculated, in my opinion by them and i'm not mad at it it's just funny to me because everyone tries to say like they're they don't want to be in the news but these people it is a giant game it's show business it's fucking wild dude that's the craziest part is the more i've been in this business the more i just see how people use the media to create an image for themselves a brand for themselves and everything all right number six Number six, Giselle Bunchen, um out. She hit the gym with uh, that rumored boyfriend of hers, Joaquin Valente. And uh, she also brought along her daughter, Vivian, who is, I think, 10. Um, and this comes on the heels of Tom Brady and Irina Shank hanging out in London together. But Giselle was photographed at the gym. Um, but I think what people are talking about the most uh, is there was like a hug moment between Joaquin and Vivian that everyone keeps talking about like, oh, look, like he's clearly made his way into the family and they're hugging. And I'm like, yeah, he's been the kids like trainer for a long time. I don't find that strange. I also think like, hey, if if Giselle is dating this dude, good for them. Like, let her have this moment after a relationship. Clearly, Tom has moved on. He's with Irina. Like, is that true? Well, we're going to get into the arena part, but he she's i think giselle made the first move because she was seen with this guy this has been like four months now well they were horseback riding together i mean they've been seen a lot together yeah he you know and when she arrived in miami recently he picked her up at the airport so i I, we don't know for sure because every paparazzi is waiting outside their house waiting inside the gym to get that affectionate photo of whether them Mm -hmm. holding hands whether them kissing Uh, but he picked her up you know, she could have had a car service, but no, he picked her up from the airport. Again, we have to assume just based on yeah, everything if, that's going on. Clearly up from the going on. When you pick something up from the airport, that's love. Especially Miami. Well, you know, it could be LAX or Miami. Those are two, and JFK. Those are two, three terrible airports. airports to pick up. Yeah. Oh, 
miserable in Chicago a little bit probably. By the way, the way, I don't know if this struck you weird. Um, the photos of Vivian, I was surprised how many websites posted her face. Like I thought this was a whole thing now. Like we don't post kids' faces, you know, but yet. Daily Mail had her face unblurred. TMZ had her face unblurred. And I don't understand why they showed the kid's face. Like, I thought this was a big no-no at this point. Like, you don't show kids. So why why is everyone showing her face? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. Does it depend on the outlet? You would know better than I do. Does it depend on the outlet if they're going to show no, the face? No, because I, I feel like this has now become the industry standard. Like, people don't post kids' faces anymore. Um, because it has sparked so much controversy that it's become like a thing. And so, I don't know, it just caught me off guard to be like, oh, wow, I'm seeing the kid's face. Good question. Well, Tom, on the other hand, was seen with Irina Shake. Tell me about this whole thing that was in the news this week, Dex. Yeah, so they're out in London right now. You remember he just invested in, uh, I want to say, a football team, team, a soccer team. Football. Uh, He just invested in a a soccer team over there, and so he was out to watch them play. He uh, it's called um, Birmingham City FC is the team that he invested in. So he was out there as a as part of the advisory board to watch the team. They actually won at um, against let's see Leeds United, um, and that was uh, on Saturday. Uh, But she was also in London, uh, Irina. So they. Clearly, he went out there to watch the game. She joined him. uh, And so it's just more confirmation that these two are very much enjoying their time together. Um, Again, I'm happy for them. I want them to find this next chapter in their life and be happy and move on and all of that kind of stuff. And I mean, he picked a beautiful woman to hang out with. (laughs) Yeah, listen, he, he did pick a beautiful woman. I think I will. I'd be curious about the relationship between Irina and Giselle. These are two of the biggest models in the world. They don't. They are don't they f- really have a. They're. I read that they know each other. They've obviously been at events together, but they don't have like a friendship other than being cordial, knowing each other from the industry. Yeah. Interesting. So. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's. I think that if they, if you're hearing that they're just cordial. If you hear they have, they're friendly with each other. There's got to be even before Tom, in mm-hmm. my opinion, Dax, I don't be there had been a little bit of animosity, a little bit more, maybe even possibly jealousy between the two. You think? These are two models battling for jobs, you know. But Giselle is literally the biggest model on the planet, so I don't think that. I don't picture Giselle being jealous because there's no bigger name in the modeling world. Like Giselle is. Like she's the richest, most successful model on the planet at this point. So like she can't be jealous of Irina if that's what you think. Yeah, but it's, money is not – they're financially both well off. But when it comes to – No, no. Giselle is in an, another stratosphere, bro. She's worth more than Tom Brady. Well, I'm just saying money is one thing. There's money one thing. But also like Giselle is the pretty – you know, she's the biggest model. But Irina has been with the most beautiful men in the world. Yeah, but I don't think that mattered until she started dating her ex. But maybe, uh, listen, people people get over the partner they were with and they move on. Uh, I don't know. She she may be like, this trainer guy is the greatest gift from God and and I'm happy with him. I, I, don't, well, I, I don't picture her 
caring too much, honestly. Here's what I do know. This is these are just me. This is just you and I just speaking, just kind of mm. thinking about maybe what could be going on in their heads. The one thing we do know, or one thing I know, is that there's photographers waiting outside both of their homes, hundred percent, waiting for that photo. They need that one photo to show that these two are affectionate, that they're in a relationship on both sides. You want on both the, sides. Um, you want the Tom Brady. I mean, I Tom. That's and where the money is. Irina have. They've had some like hugging shots and stuff, but you want that locking lips, you know, kissing photo from both sides. That that's going to be what goes wild. If you get that photo as an exclusive, I'd say minimum you're making, and this is minimum, not even for a one sale overall. I think you're going to be making over fifty thousand dollars. And I think, I honestly think that Giselle and Joaquin is more. Uh, it'll be more of a pricey photo than. Tom and Irina. And I think because there's been so much questioning of whether or not Giselle's with him. And she's even said like, oh, it doesn't matter who I hang out with you. You guys are just going to say we're together. But that confirmation, I think, will be a really expensive photo. If you're a photographer, let's just say you get three good photos a year. Let's say this Giselle photo and two other photos, $50,000. That's $150,000 a year minimum. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a, not a bad year to work on three stories. So there is money in this business. All right, number five. Number five, Bradley Cooper facing a ton of backlash over his use of a prosthetic nose um, in um, a new trailer that just dropped. He is playing a composer and conductor, Leonard Bernstein, in a new movie coming called Mastro. And they released a trailer, and you can see it looks like Bradley, except for the fact that he has a large nose and uh a lot of people coming out saying hey what the hell are you doing you're um you got bradley cooper who is not jewish playing a very famous jew in history and you've given him a big gigantic nose and so everyone's going you are furthering stereotypes about jews having large noses why the hell did you do that like it's unnecessary i don't understand you're giving him quote unquote a jew nose and This is, you know, you've got anti-Semitism groups coming forward saying this is just pushing more stereotypes by doing this. And people are really, really pissed off. Um, You have any feeling on this? I mean, we're both Jewish. So did this uh, did this spark anything in you? Um, I mean, I didn't care. I thought it was just it was him just trying to look the role. But obviously, I think for. People are going to attack. People like to attack over anything. I think he was just trying to look more like this guy Leonard. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, I it didn't really. I wasn't sitting there. It's an easy news story, but yet again, I don't think the studio is mad at it because it draws attention and attraction to the film. Yeah. No, I. I'm not personally offended by it, um, but. I can see why people are in all honesty. Um, And, you know, you go back and, you know, honestly, Leonard's family even came out and they, they are coming to the defense of Bradley. And they basically said, look, you know, it is true that Leonard had a nice big nose in the statement the family put out. They said Bradley chose to use makeup to amplify his resemblance. And we're perfectly fine with that. We're also certain that our dad would have been fine with it as well. In my mind, if the family's clearing you, that's 
the most important thing. And if you look back at Leonard's old photos, I mean, he he has a large nose, but I'm curious if, you know, if, if the family doesn't care, why does the world care? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I will say this. I didn't think his nose was as big as Bradley kind of plays it out in the movie. It was a mm-hmm. lot. Did, did this guy have a big nose? Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. like, you know, Bradley kind of over. I don't think it was the best job by the makeup team, but I think they also wanted to make sure when you see the character, you don't see Bradley Cooper, you see Leonard. Yeah. Um, Bradley Cooper co-wrote, produced, and directed this movie again. I know he worked really hard on this. Again, I don't think the studio is mad about it because this brings eyes to the movie. Yep. People are I'll now interested. They want to see it. Uh, yeah, I'm still curious about this movie. I'll check it out. And I think Bradley Bradley Cooper to me is one of those guys like Leo, where when they do a role, you watch it because I feel like he's very in tune to the movie. He wants to make sure it's going to be a good movie. So I'm excited for the film because there hasn't yeah. been a good movie lately. I'm watching. You know what I'm watching by uh, by the yeah. way now, which is. Did you watch like Barbie by the way? I did not watch Barbie. I saw five minutes of it. Did you watch oh, it? No, not yet. Okay, but I'm watching Suits now. Oh, you're going back and starting Meghan Markle stuff. I got, yeah, I, the show is, uh, so far I'm like into it. I'm still on first season, maybe like four episodes in. And it's sort of like fun. I'm not looking forward to it because there's so many seasons of the show. So I have a lot of catch up to do. But I am enjoying it. But Meghan Markle, and I'm not trying to hate on her. And people, people shit on each other all the time. I get shit on this podcast all the time. I'm fine with it. I wouldn't be watching this and say Meghan Markle is like an incredible actress. I would like to see her do more, but in the beginning stages of Suits, wasn't Meghan's strong point. Okay. Me being I mean, an I, asshole, probably. Yeah. But I, but you see a lot of you see a lot of actors when they first start a role, they're not amazing at it, and then they grow into the role over time, and then they fit it. You know what I'm saying? Like I've seen that tons of times. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. I, again, I'm still in the first season. She might be young. I'm getting used to it. Number four. Ashley Olsen welcomes her first baby with her husband, Louis Eisner. Uh, this was a shock to a lot of people this week. No one even knew that Ashley Olsen was pregnant, and then she popped out a baby. Um, and so she's 37 now, which is crazy to think Ashley Olsen is 37 years old. But um, they uh, had a son together, named him Otto, and then uh, there's been no real additional details other than basically the name at this point. I mean, we're surprised that we even found out about the baby at all, um, but they haven't responded to any uh, requests for comment from any of the big outlets yet. And um, they also, if you remember, they tied the knot super privately in a ceremony back in December, 2020. We, we talked about it on the, the rundown back then. And it was like a backyard ceremony here in Beverly Hills and then uh, now have a little baby that they brought into the world. And if you know him, you know, uh, he's his mom is like a really well-known, I, th- I want to say, uh, jewelry designer. Um, jewelry designer, fashion photographer. Yeah. And he's kind of more like an artist. He, he's had like a bunch of paintings and stuff. They just seem like rich New Yorkans, in my opinion. Yeah, there's there's a lot of money there. It's like very Upper East Side-ish, in my opinion, New York. They they come from a lot of money and then they hang out with money. It's a just a it's a different way of life, man. It's a different I, way of life. I, I like, want that fucking way of life. Give me that way of life. Give it to me for like a week and then I'm good. Then I go then I'll go back <laughs> to the streets. I kind of like the name Otto. It's fun. Otto is kind of fun. It's Otto's not like fun. it's a fun name. Uh, number three. 
Number three, Michael Orr, that NFL veteran whose life inspired the movie The Blind Side, has been in a nasty back and forth with his, I want to say, adoptive parents, but also conservator Sean and Leanne Trophy. That, you know, their obviously life was the big focal point of that Sandra Bullock movie. And now it seems like it's gotten really bad. He's basically accused them of taking all the profits from the movie after he signed over basically his name, his likeness, all of that kind of stuff to them as conservators. He says he was basically tricked into making them conservators back in the day and that they made all this money from the movie and he didn't really see a dime of it. And, and that they are now firing back saying that, no, no, he's actually been repeatedly attempting to shake us out of $15 million by saying that I, that there, he's going to release all this information on us and they're saying we've never had anything but good intentions for these this guy we've given him profit shares from the movie which really doesn't equate to much and that it's always been split evenly between everyone in the family so once we signed off the rights we anything that comes in we split evenly between everyone and so they're kind of it sounds like they knew that this was eventually going to become a very public story, but they have tried for a long time to squash all the beef, but that they have, I didn't realize how rich this family was. Did you see how much they're worth? How much are they worth? So I guess the dad had started some kind of like food chain empire, sold it off for $200 million. So what year do you know roughly when he started the chain and when it, when he sold it, was it didn't? I wonder uh, if he I, built that thing up because of the success from the movie. I honestly, I, I don't know those details. Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. All I know okay. is that Michael Orr has been really going after them, saying that you know because of them, he doesn't have as much money as he potentially could have, which now has sparked a huge like movement to have Sandra Bullock stripped of her Oscar because she's glorifying a family that's basically stolen money from this kid. And which boggles my mind why anyone would think Sandra Bullock number one would have known or doesn't deserve an award for a great portrayal that she did as an actress. I was like, how does Sandra Bullock get wrapped into this shit? Like leave her alone. (laughs) Yeah. Um, whether or not the family was corrupt or not, but it, you know, it's, it is interesting. I will say that Michael Orr is putting out a book. Exactly. That's one red flag that Michael is trying to promote a book right now. So that to me is just like, okay, it's one thing if he did this six months before, six months later, but he's trying to promote a book. The other thing that I saw a clip that kind of is making news right now is there's a clip, an old clip, I guess, of Sean, the dad who Mm -hmm. was describing how he negotiated with Steven Spielberg and Harvey Weinstein for the rights to the story and he got script approval. Mm-hmm. So it's weird. I, I don't know. I, it's, well, so the other part that I find interesting is Michael Orr has already put out a book like years ago where he's like actually talked very positive about the family and how they've split the profits. And it, it's kind of contradictory to what he's saying now so that's why I'm like trying to like weave through the storylines back and forth to be like, wait, you've talked very like positive about the family. And now you're talking negative about the family. I'm like, where does the truth lie in this story? 
And on that note, now that I know the family's worth $200 million, I'm like, I feel like he's played the wrong hand here. You're, you're going for 15 million when if the, if the family's worth 200 million, you just need to sit back and wait your time. Yeah. <laughs> that money's going to come to you anyway. If you were uh, a part of the family. Yeah. Again, there, there's a lot of book promotion here and it's, it's actually, he was actually promoting the book last week and during mm-hmm. interviews, he didn't really discuss it. And then all of a sudden this week, it becomes a little bit bigger. I don't Which- know. And it's crazy how big of a story this has become this past week. It's been huge, huge. It's been everyone's Everyone's going over it, it. and I don't know what that why people are digging into the story. But the other day, the reason why the story is getting bigger is because people are clicking on it. All the news sites, every single news site has a screen where they could see what people are clicking on. So people are clicking on the story. To me personally, I don't really have that much interest. Well, I think I think in the beginning I had interest, but now I'm like, ah, I'm right burnt out. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think if if this this family is as corrupt as Michael Orr is making it sound, then I do think that they owe him money. If the if that is the case, and they have profited big time and kept that money to themselves from a movie on his life, if that is the truth, then they owe him money. I do agree with that because any money that comes in, he should be allowed to have. You know what sure. I'm saying? Like it is his story, his name. I hear you. Number two. Uh, number two, Raquel from Vanderpump Rules has uh, no more LA allies after she betrayed them, and uh, she's going back to her roots as Rachel. You know, she's changed her name. So wait, do I, I do I call her Rachel now? We gotta call her Rachel. She wants to go by Rachel. She wants to go by Rachel. All right. Uh, well, you know, here's the deal. It does not sound like she will be coming back to the Vanderpump Rules franchise. They um, they basically said that she kind of balked at negotiations, wanted more money. And I think it got to a point where it was just such a negative feeling between her and the rest of the cast that she doesn't want to be that punching bag for an entire season. She already felt that way. So going back is not going to be positive for anyone involved. Um, She did do a whole sit down with Bethany Frankel on her podcast. That is just being, uh, trashed in the media because Bethany said, oh, you know, she only got paid basically what an intern here at my place gets paid. And so everyone was like, oh, shit, she must have got like zero money for last season of Vanderpump. Dude, she was paid over $350,000 for that season. $361,000. Can you believe that? So she's sitting there, Bethany. And so now Bethany, people are like, what the fuck? Like you have no concept of money and reality. If you think that an intern gets paid $361,000 or she's paying her interns really, really well. I don't know what the case is, but um, she's getting trashed for that. Not only that, she, it's, it's getting to feel like it wasn't the best sit down interview for Rachel to go on because Bethany doesn't watch Vanderpump. So she she had no dog in the fight. She clearly admitted she didn't watch the show. She's only seen bits and pieces. So why go on Bethany's podcast? I would have, but all right, Dax. You're, I was thinking this. Me and you were thinking the same as I think because I'm like, man, why would she go on Bethany's podcast? But then I'm also thinking, what other show would take her? Because you you know she can't really go on the Today Show because and Today Show is NBC, which owns. You know, Bravo. I don't know if they want her to talk trash about Bravo and she doesn't want to go on NBC. 
what other show would she go on that would actually make sense? At well, the end of the day, Hollywood Raw it, Podcast. Hollywood Raw Podcast, exactly, because we can go <laughs> down the middle. Um, but then I'm like, well, I, yeah, Hollywood Raw Podcast. I'm like, what else could you do? I just don't. It's it's a weird conversation where she could get her point across. If yeah. anything, it's like do your own. I don't know. Do those Instagram feeds or stories where like, hey, here's my statement. I made this as this, and she just says everything rather than getting kind of, you know, questioned by Bethany Frankel. Yeah, Bethany Frankel. I mean, this was great press for Bethany Frankel. I mean, she doesn't care about positive or negative press. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think the biggest takeaway from this is that she is not planning on returning to the show. Yeah, she's not returning. Um, yeah, she's left such a sour taste in everyone's mouth that. I don't know. I think it would be almost too much of a distraction. Like people want to see it because they want to see the train wreck. But at the end of the day, I, I don't know if it's going to be your Raquel is, or Rachel is going to end up back in a facility for her own mental health. If she goes back on the show, it's, it's not good for her. Something that I'm throwing out there. And I don't know if this is true or not. I'm just alleging, you know, I'm just throwing out there that, you know, Bethany is starting a strike and starting a union for reality TV people mm-hmm. and about the mental health. So having Raquel on her, Rachel on her side about the mental health, about being on reality TV, I could see even possibly, possibly thrown out there. It's not true, but I don't know if it's true. It could be true that Bethany even maybe paid for the stay of Rachel at a mental facility saying, Hey, listen, I want you to be my partner on promoting, you know, mental health and for this, union that I'm starting to putting together for reality TV uh, celebrities. And part of this, you being outspoken about it, I will actually pay for your recovery. Hmm. That's That's actually a good angle. Again, I think you could be right though. I think I could see that doing very well for them. Yeah. Interesting. Crazy. Um, all right. Well, that's that number one story of the week. I think you guys know what it is. You obviously know what it is. Britney Spears and her husband, uh, divorcing. So this is a, you know, this is a crazy story, but her and Sam have been all over the news for the last couple of weeks. Um, it seemed like things were not going well for them, but then, uh, TMZ put up a story about how her and Sam have been separated after having just like a nuclear argument that involved allegations of her cheating i guess she is denying those allegations um i we don't know who the other guy is that he is accusing her of sleeping with but um he has now moved out of the house he's living in a place of his own he has filed for divorce that has been actually done at this point um and there has been i guess a lot of problems between the two for months now he wasn't spending much time at the house, according to TMZ, and that it, they also allege that Brittany has gotten physical with him within blowout fights, screaming matches, all kinds of stuff. They do have a prenup. It sounds like a pretty ironclad prenup, obviously, to protect all of her assets. She's been through marriage before. She knows, uh, hey, I made that that mistake with Kevin. I want to make sure all my assets are properly protected and that uh things uh have a better outcome for her but dude i am i'm gonna have the not popular opinion here but i'm really nervous for miss britney spears i think that number one sam 
listen, I don't know if he's a good guy, or not good guy. From what I've seen, it seemed like he was a good guy. Um, but I'm I'm nervous that she there's more going on here than just mental issues. Like I watch her videos. You know, I had posted in our private Facebook group the other day that the the pole dancing video and people came back and they were like, well, he let her express her freedom sexually. Like she wasn't able to do it for so long, but it's not even about that. It's, I, I think that, I think that there's more going on here and it feels like a very unhealthy, not mentally, but it feels like there's some kind of other substance involved in her life. And I'm afraid this is going to end very poorly. Like, an Amy Winehouse situation. I really kind of like feel like we're going down that path again. And it scares the fuck out of me because I've been a huge Britney fan for a really long time. I just think that she is really, really unhealthy. And it's got to the point where I think her husband is like, I can't handle this anymore. She's out of control and she's got no family. It sounds like the relationship with her mom is now broken again with her. Obviously her dad never recovered. She's not speaking to her siblings. Like who in her life is watching out for Brittany's best interest. So Dumois posted on her page. She goes, in case it wasn't already above, uh, all right. She used a big word. Abundantly, abundantly, uh, abundantly, abundantly. Okay. I'm going to go back there. Okay. (laughs) I'm starting. I'm starting right here. Ready? Okay. Um, in case it wasn't already abundantly clear, the spin on TMZ about the Brit split is total bullshit. No one cheated, and this is all about reallocating assets to prepare for her lifelong care. Keeping Sam on the payroll doesn't make sense given that Brittany no longer can stand him because he's largely stopped pretending to give two shits about her. Now, Dumas posted this about on her page. I don't have any sources internally at the Britney Spears home. I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. I've never had that kind of uh, – I don't know anybody's kind of close to Brittany. So I don't know. This is – I think we're all just waiting. I, don't, I think everyone's sitting with their popcorn and be like, all right, what's going on here? Yeah, but I, I think I, – yes, I, I grab my popcorn because anything with Brittany, I grab my popcorn. But at the same time, I dude, I'm telling you, like something is not right. Like it's – this is so much bigger than – just a couple wanting to get a divorce. I, I just don't see the positive outcome with Brittany's life at this moment. And it kills me to say it. I just, I think she's spinning down this like really bad path. And again, it's not about her being free or not being free or being sexually, um, you know, having her sexuality back or having the ability to do whatever she wants and spend her money. Like, I think she's just out of control and I don't want this to end with her, you know, having, having to cover a, a story about Brittany passing away and how she's had this like terrible life. Like I, I want more than anything for Brittany to have this like comeback and you know, success. And I want all those good things for her. I just, I'm having a hard time seeing where that path is right now. I'm curious this is the one time where I'm really curious what the internet has to say. And when I mean the internet, I want to be more specific about the people that were very free Britney, because that was a huge campaign. The people that were Mm -hmm. against her father uh, about the conservatorship. I want to know what they think and where they stand now when they see what's happened since the conservatorship and they see what's going on in Britney's life. 
where do they stand now in their thoughts with Britney? Are they still very free Britney or are they like, Hey, we think there may, may, might be something larger going on here. And, um, we just want it. We want the best for her. Maybe. I, I think I see a lot a of that. Thing. I think it's, it's a people going, things needed to change in her life, but I'm afraid almost too much has changed for her that she, she still needs, people watching over her to help her guide her. And when you don't have anyone close to you, that is really honestly watching out for your best interest. Now you just have moochers. Now you have more Sam Lutfies in your life. You know, if, cause I, I do think that uh, Sam, her, her husband or her estranged husband at this point, I think he truly cared about her. I think he had her best interests in mind and it's now gotten to a really negative spot. But I do think when all of this started and they fell in love, I think he was a good guy and that may have changed at this point. But I, I think him now being removed, like who's watching Brittany? She, I mean, she doesn't have a relationship with her children. Her children just moved to Hawaii. Apparently gone. didn't say goodbye. Her family's so not there. Kate Hudson maybe is the only person that's like super close to her manager that travels with her. But, you know, she she's just she can close the door very quickly on people. And that to me is a sign that there's there's something else involved when people are willing to close the door on you. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like there needs to be an intervention. But how do you have an intervention when someone has all the money and. And now has garnished this big like following of like get rid of your family because they were the ones who tormented you for so long. I, I don't know. It's a, it's a tough story. So Dex, you know, just going backwards again, who filed for divorce? Was it Sam or Brittany? It was Sam. Sam filed for divorce. Did he yeah. say for any, is there, at this point, just do you know irreconcilable any differences? The normal. Gotcha. Um, and then he hired a pretty big lawyer, right? Or she hired who, who did they? She hire got Laura big... Wasser. She she used Laura for her divorce with Kevin, um, but Laura is obviously the biggest divorce lawyer I think on the planet at this point. She's the one that represents everyone. Uh, Kim Kardashian. She, I mean, she Laura's just everyone's big lawyer. So she she got her back on her side and. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's not a good sign for Sam. <laughs> He's yeah. not going to get anything when she's got Laura Wasser on her team. <laughs> she'll, well, she'll he'll get something. There'll be a check. Um, they had a prenup, but I think there'll be a check that's signed, and they'll move along with their life. It's again the thing that blows my mind a lot is just how much money these people have. Where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to hire a lawyer, and these lawyers don't come cheap. I mean, Laura Wasser and her hourly rate must be. What would you guess? Her I don't think I want to guess what her hourly rate is. I oh. think it's probably so out of control, ridiculous. It's probably like five grand an hour or something. It's you know? insane. It's insane. But um, I mean, that's all we really know for sure. The, like the stuff you just said, this is the only facts we know. We don't know if there was any cheating. You know, we're hearing the stories and reports. Do we know if there was, is it actually factually true? Even though we saw teams report that there could have been cheating. That do we know is some cheating involved? And we don't know. Because now know. I'm hearing I... Dumois, which I love Dumois, and um, but also I'm seeing te- uh, some other places like Daily Mail saying that there's cheating involved on her end. Well, that I think that's just what he has put out there, or sources close to him have put out there. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Sucks. Wow. Well, I'm sure we'll be want, talking about when this. When is Brittany ever going to have some fucking peace in her life? That's what I want to know. I know. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll be talking about this story next week on our Raw Rundown. Thank you guys for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. If you're listening to us, leave a review. Get your friend to leave a review. Use their phone. Put a, put a dumb name. I don't care. Have fun with it. Thank you for hanging out with us. Follow us on TikTok, Facebook. We have a private Facebook group called Off the Record, which I, you guys have joined. It's a really fun group. You can ask us anything. We'll probably do an Ask Us Anything episode pretty soon. Um, follow me at Adam Glenn. Follow Dax with at Dax Holtz. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. A Huda Media Production.